The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win. You need an edge. You'll find that edge in the business locker room. Hey, business is like sport, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom. Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the business locker room. Locker Radio. It's presented by the Business Locker Room. Great to have you on board. For those of you joining us on Periscope, great to have you on board as well. A great note from uh, some of the guys on Periscope. Yeah, absolutely. Last week's show was a killer. We're going to talk to you a little bit about that. Hey, this is the Business Radio Show with compelling conversations, useful content that you can use today. I mean, our guests are a veritable who's who of experts. No matter how you're looking to improve your business performance, whether you own a business, sell a product, manage a team, lead a company, this is definitely the show for you. We have experts in sales, marketing, social media, business strategy, leadership, and much, much more. We call it Biz Locker Radio, presented by the Business Locker Room. Find us online at bizlockerradio.com. And uh, again, I'm your host, Kelly Riggs. You can find me online at Kelly Riggs and uh, the corporate website, bizlockerroom.com. Hey, do like I do, by the way. Guys sent me messages on Periscope. Last week's show was absolutely spectacular. The one before that, Matt Hines, last week was Jeb Blunt we, we, uh, with Sales Gravy. I mean, we, we had a fantastic conversation. And you can find those on bizlockerradio.com. You can find them on iTunes or Stitcher. Download the podcast. Listen to it while you're in the car. There is so much there for you to listen to. want to make sure you get to it. This is show number 62 and we've got a lot happening today. Last segment, as always, I'll do the X's and O's segment with my good friend Miles Austin. We're going to talk about a ridiculous new tool that he's got. It's called Banana Tag. So I can't wait to, to talk about that. And uh, a little bit later, by the way, a lady by the name of Jen Mueller will join me. And she's got a website called Talk Sporty to Me. Talk Sporty to Me. She's a, a female broadcaster, has transitioned into consulting, and it works as a communication specialist. And she says, hey, sports conversations are just not for the bar or for the, uh, any place. It's for the workplace. It's where you can communicate more effectively. Cannot wait to hear what she has to say. Well, we've got a great show lined up for you today as well. By the way, I want to let you know, just continues to get better and better. Next week, a fantastic show with Jeff Marco. He is a um, worldwide enterprise marketing CMO lead with Microsoft. Can't wait to do that. That should be a great time. I met him in Chicago. We traded cards and uh, we've been trading some correspondence on email and wanted to get him on the show. And we're going to talk about customer touch points, how important they are and how that rolls up into your marketing program. Well, today's show, number 62, is called The Hidden Leader. And I am really excited 
to welcome in Scott Edinger. He's got this great book. I'm going to show it to you on Periscope. It's called The Hidden Leader. And he was just telling me before we came on that it is on the Washington Post bestseller list. He's uh, co-written that with, uh, I think you say her name, Lori Sane. I'll ask him in just a few minutes. Uh, but it is called The Hidden Leader, Discover and Develop Greatness Within Your Company. And it seems like uh, your many of your good leaders don't have that title. They're actually leading, and uh, you need to find out who they are and find a place to put them. So excited to do that. Scott Edinger, recognized expert in helping organizations achieve measurable business results. He does a little bit of everything. Consultant, author, speaker, executive coach. He's worked with some of the big names in the business and some of the most prominent organizations in the world. He has worked, by the way, uh, with Neil Rackham on sales effectiveness and with uh, Jack Zenger on leadership and teams. And he is also the author of a, a Harvard Business Review article that's been called a classic in the making. It was entitled Making Yourself Indispensable. We're just really privileged to have you on board. Scott, thanks for joining us in the locker room. Hey, great to be here. Kelly, I was hoping you I was going to say, just keep going. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we record all that and we'll send it out. We, we can do something with it. Hey, congratulations on your success. Uh, people who know anything about book publishing know that a Washington Post bestseller is a big deal. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, that's a great start, and uh, we hope it just continues. <laughs> How long has the book been out now? So it came out in February, and uh, had a great start. So most of the publishers start to judge these by trailing sales as well. They don't want just a big spike at the start. And it had a great launch, so we expect it to continue. And um, as usual, out speaking about the concepts in the book, among other things, and uh, continue to uh, promote the ideas and the concepts, which I feel very strongly about. Yeah, the, the, it is really an interesting book. I mean, there's tons and tons of books out there, as you well know, that have to do with leadership and leading and all. You put a lot of adjectives in front of leader, the kinds of leaders you're supposed to right. be. I've never seen anything about the hidden leader. Why don't you give the uh, audience a little bit of an idea of exactly what you mean by hidden leader? Yeah, um, and there's no shortage of books about leadership. Um, just uh, an incredible amount. And I did want to do something at least somewhat different here. Um, I took a look at the BizLocker radio uh, website, and I saw the, the illustration of the leader kind of with the coat over them, and I wanted to highlight here that it's not uh, a hiding leader, the right. hiding leader. Right. <laughs> the whole notion of a hidden leader is that we tend to look up in organizations uh, to the senior executives or the C-suite or even senior management for leadership. And it's important to have great leadership there. Uh, it's important to focus on making sure a company has good leaders, uh, if not great leaders in those areas. Uh, and I'd say that that's necessary, but not sufficient for having a great company. Uh, and there's a tremendous amount of leadership that occurs in businesses in places where we're not necessarily used to looking for it, ergo hidden, uh, in places where there are individual contributors or frontline supervisors or even middle managers who we don't tend to think about as leaders of the business exhibiting tremendous leadership capacity. And the notion here is that you can decouple leadership behaviors from position, and they just look differently, so you have to look for them, and, and sometimes you might feel like someone's really doing a great job, but not necessarily able to pinpoint, oh, that person is taking on a leadership role here. So if you can do that with these kinds of positions that aren't traditional leadership roles, then there's real power in a company. 
Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because one of the things we talk about on the sales side quite a bit, Scott, and by the way, if you're just joining us, Scott Edinger is my guest, and if you're just joining us on Periscope, there's his brand new book, The Hidden Leader, subtitled Discover and Develop Greatness Within Your Company. On the sales side, we often talk about, we, we tend to take our best performance people, our best salespeople in this case, and turn them into managers, and many times we're overlooking some of these hidden, hidden leaders. Isn't that a fair statement? Absolutely, and... You know, just because someone is on the management track, I mean, that might have well have been someone who was a hidden leader at one point, but there are a lot of individual contributors or team leads or supervisors who are very happy, who do not have the desire to climb the corporate, you know, ladder. Uh, of course, they'd like greater rewards, um, which sometimes forces them to do that, uh, but there is tremendous leadership often that's, you know, being expressed in those roles and they're creating from tremendous value for their companies. Uh, and if you can capitalize on it and harness that for the good of everybody, um, you've got a chance to create a culture where leadership thrives everywhere. So let's talk about that common issue that, that we often see in terms of leadership. And that is, if, if I don't promote my best guy, my best performer, my best individual, I'm from the South, guy is generic. So yeah, if, you don't promote, you. if you don't promote your best person to leadership, how, how do you how do you work that? Because clearly they're going to have an, an idea that I deserved it more than they did, and yet clearly in many cases they're not really cut out to be great coaches and mentors and trainers and the sure. kinds of skill sets that leaders need. How, how do you deal with that? So um, I want to make sure that I'm not uh, overstating something or misstating something. I'm not suggesting that um, a great performer uh, doesn't get the promotion uh, rather, that if someone is successful in the individual contributor role or frontline supervisor or in, in a management role that isn't necessarily a leadership role, and they're not necessarily interested in moving up the corporate ladder, or more likely, they're not being thought of as leaders, mm-hmm. then there's ways to, uh, I guess I'd say, leverage and bring out the power of their leadership for the good of the business, for the good of your customers, for the good of the culture. Uh, and I hope that I'm clarifying a little bit there, that I'm not suggesting, oh, don't promote them, keep them, you know, in somewhat hidden fashion. Uh, quite the contrary, I'm saying there's a chance uh, to bring them out into the open uh, where their leadership is recognized and has a great influence on the business. No, I absolutely agree. You know, it, it, the, the challenge is in many organizations, though, as you well know, many times we promote reactively, we'll hire reactively. And if we're going to do so, we typically look, for that great performer, but that that leadership position is really, really critically important. If you're just joining me, and by the way, is it Scott Edinger or Edinger? Edinger. Edinger. That's what I thought. All right, I want to make sure he. You can find him on Twitter at Scott K Edinger E D I N G E R, and the website is EdingerGroup.com. But uh, finding, I think, I'm think many times Scott finding that hidden leader is uh, more of a challenge than, than one might think that it is because we get blinded by the performance thing. Clearly, great performers can be leaders, but it's not a necessary given. And I think on that, you and I both agree. What, do, what am I looking for? If I'm looking, on, if I'm looking for the hidden leader, what are some of the clues that I could find? Yeah, there's a few different characteristics. We highlight four in the book. Um, the first one that I uh, really drilled into was this notion of demonstrating integrity. Now, integrity often gets... Um, coiled up with character and honesty when you're talking about leadership. And it's appropriate there, but integrity goes much further. And we really wanted to dig into that because the integrity that we demonstrate at work is not frequently found in the big ethical dilemmas of right and wrong. 
It's in the little things each day where people are accountable for their actions. Can they be counted on to deliver what they uh, said they would do? Uh, when you talk with them or when they're giving feedback, are they being honest or are they shading that truth because they're trying not to um, you know, say something that wouldn't be popular? Uh, so you can count on these people to be direct, and most everybody likes to think that we have integrity because we think of it as the not lying, not cheating, not stealing kind of integrity, which I think you know the majority of people have in business. <clears throat> but going further into that, if I say, okay, if you have integrity, then uh, you know, when you make commitments, do you always follow through on them, uh, or do you find yourself setting meetings and then changing them at the last minute a lot? Or when people ask you for uh, candid feedback on an idea, uh, do you tell them what is true to what you think, or do you tell them what you think they want to hear or what will make them feel good? When something's occurring in the business, um, do you say what you think is correct? Like, or do you have the courage to stand up and say, hey, I think this goes against the grain of our values, or this isn't right for our customers? Or do you go along with it and say, well, you know, management's doing this. So you start to put integrity in that kind of definition and look for integrity that way. Then the people who you can count on to tell you the truth, to tell you the real scoop, uh, to make sure that they do the things they said they would do, those are far more rare, and that's a real leadership characteristic. So that's one of the primary ones. Yeah, that's outstanding. About a minute before our first break, Scott. And you, after you go through that integrity piece in the book, you draw a very interesting Venn diagram. I, I think every consultant needs two or three of these Venn diagrams. It's a requirement. It's a requirement. <laughs> if you're a consultant writing book, you need Venn diagrams and four quadrant matrices. Uh, absolutely. It's just, you, you can't, you, they won't even publish your book without it. But you no, take exactly. the other three, and I want to come back and talk to you a little bit about it after the break. But leading through relationship focusing on results and customer purpose. And you've got an interesting nuance on that. I'm going to come back and talk about customer purpose versus customer service. But you say you put all three of those together, that's where you get a true hidden leader. But what's interesting is if you have two of those three without the other one, you run into some very interesting things. If you lead through relationships and you're focused on results, but you're not customer purposed, you call that a, a short-term visionary. If you lead through relationships and you're customer purposed, but you're not focused on results, you're a busy worker. I love that. Mm -hmm. And if you're crazy focused busy, on... You'll hear from these people, I'm crazy busy. Yeah, I'm crazy. I, just, I don't have enough time of the day. And then focused on results and customer purposed, but not leading through relationships. You call that a lone wolf. I think, I, you know, in terms of Venn diagrams, I found that one to be really, really helpful. And I want to come back after the break. Let's look at those three pieces and really give people a sense of how you go about finding the real leaders inside your organization. Scott Edinger is our guest, and I'm Kelly Riggs. You're listening to Biz Locker Radio on Voice America. We're going to come back after our first time out. Stay with us. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One -on -one Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step -step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Hi, this is Kelly Riggs, the host of BizLocker Radio. 
How do you take a company from zero to $100 million in sales revenue in only seven years? Learn how in the brand new book by Mark Roberge, The Sales Acceleration Formula. As the chief revenue officer for HubSpot, Mark Roberge hired, trained, and managed a sales team to create over 12,000 new clients in 70 countries. Now in his brand new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, he shares the art and science of building predictable sales revenue from the ground up. Learn how this MIT-trained engineer put data and technology at the foundation of his sales methodology to grow from zero to $100 million in sales in only seven years. The Sales Acceleration Formula will teach you how to predictably hire and train salespeople and scale your sales revenue. Pre-order the Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge at Amazon.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Dan Walshman, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. Hey, welcome back to Business Locker Room, presenting Biz Locker Radio. This is episode number 62 featuring Scott Edinger, and a little bit later we'll have Jen, Jen Mueller on with us too. Her website is interesting. It's called Talk Sporty to Me. I cannot wait to talk to this lady. It should be a good thing. Meanwhile, we continue our conversation with the author of The Hidden Leader, Discover and Develop Greatness Within Your Company. If you're on Periscope, there's a look at the book, and it's a fantastic book, and Scott was sharing with me during the break that it has actually been selected as a top 30 business book of the year by Soundview Executive Book Summaries. They're the people that write the eight-page summaries of the books. Congratulations. I mean, that, that's, that's quite an honor. Exciting stuff. It is good stuff. Well, let's dive right in because when you talk about the hidden leader, you really boil down to some very specific things. And I like books like this that give me the kind of insight that, that makes some sense to me. You, you really put a, a big focus on the idea of uh, relational skills and, and looking for people with those relational skills. What shows up? What do you see in that instance? Well, it's interesting when you talk about leadership and you talk about relationships, if you start to uh, extrapolate that to the individual contributor and call it mid-manager level of the business, what people tend to hear about relationships are they're well-liked, and uh, they start to think of that as friendliness and likability. And I'm not against those things, but they have nothing to do, I should say they have little to do, with having strong relationships that you can provide great leadership through. And what I mean by that is great leadership relationships are really based on a few things. Number one, it's a real strong belief in your competence that they can uh, count on your opinion to be accurate, at least in a specific functional area, that there's this specific professional or technical expertise that demonstrates your competence. There's also a, a component of an emotional connection, which I think cannot be understated because there's a contagion effect of emotion, and I have to be careful when I talk about emotional connection in business because uh, I wrote an article for Harvard Business Review a couple of years ago called Ways That Leaders Make Emotional Connections, and I was really specific. I'm not talking about wild displays of emotion or being emotional, you know, right. that's terrible, but rather there's making, I, I should substitute it and say it's a human connection. 
Like there's some, per- I'm recognizing that there's a person there, not a task, not a job to be done, not a function, not something I need, but an actual live human being, novel concept. But we relate to individuals uh, always through emotion. Now it might be, you know, a recognition of uh, a common interest. It might be a passion for achieving something for the company. It might be frustration or even anger over something. But those are connections that are formed on an emotional level. You make some kind of connection there. So good leadership, and especially hidden leaders, because remember, they do not have positional power. They don't have authority. They are required to use those relationships for leverage across the business. So they don't have them in just their functional area or their silo or business unit, you tend to find these folks who have relationships across the business. They have people in accounting and production and marketing and sales or wherever, and they're able to use those relationships to access resources to get things done for the customer when you need things to get done. So those relationships aren't just, hey, let's go to happy hour. And again, I'm not against happy hour and being friends, but that's not what I'm talking about. It's utilizing the power of your competence and an emotional connection with others to form a really strong bond that helps you to influence and lead. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I I don't know if you did any research or have any insight to the military side of leadership, but certainly that is exactly the same thing that their people say about military leadership is is soldiers who go into combat, one of their primary needs is to know that there's an interpersonal relationship ability with, with a commander. I mean, they can be as as stark and demanding as as one might imagine in any military context. But if I don't know that he or she's got my back in in combat and they and they don't have some sort of emotional connection, there's a real lack of trust that exists in that in that particular circumstance. Yeah, I was I was actually uh, reading the memoirs for General Stanley McChrystal, uh, mm-hmm. retired general, I should say, and I was really surprised on a couple of things because one of the things he was talking about is you know you think of a military as the uh, penultimate hierarchy, right? It's yes. like people, uh, you know, you do as you are told. So you wouldn't necessarily think you need a lot of that, but uh, it actually becomes even more important because, you know, when things get crazy, uh, like you say, people need to know that you've got their back and that they can count on you and that uh, you're in it together. And that feeling of being in it together is really powerful. I don't think it can be understated for a leader, hidden or very senior to be able to make those kind of connections with people because that's where the, you know, juice happens in business. Scott Edinger is my guest. Find him online on Twitter at Scott K. Edinger and also his website, edingergroup.com. He's been a consultant for some time now. And, of course, as I've mentioned a number of times, his most recent book, The Hidden Leader, it is not, that is not his only book, by the way. This is not his first uh, jump into the pond of publishing. So a lot of things he's doing. Hey, there's, a, there's an interesting reference in your book about uh, a book by Martin Seligman, Authentic right. Happiness. And you talk about the idea of optimism and the importance of confident optimism. And, and you explain the difference between optimism and confident optimism. But I tell you what I took away from, from your anecdote inside the book, and that was in, in the reference, is who actually sells more? Is it optimists or pessimists? And you go a little, he, he went a little bit further than that. Is it the optimist who passes the industry test or the pessimist who passes the industry test? And then there's a comparison between the optimist who did not pass the industry test and the pessimist who did. And there actually is a tremendous difference in terms of the results that they create. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, you know, I don't want to uh, 
steal uh, Dr. Seligman's thunder on that because that really, you know, a lot of that is his research. But what I yeah, find so powerful in it, and I think it's true of any position, and that's why, you know, extrapolated that research across a, a lot of positions. Um, the confidence and the way that people show up uh, in the right frame of mind and having the right mindset uh, makes all the difference in the world. So you've, I, I think everybody listening has probably seen people who have similar levels of talent, but their approach and their mindset and the way that they're coming to the work itself makes all the difference in the world. I mean, it's very obvious, you know, so we're here on the biz locker room, so it's obvious to see in sports. You get to a certain level, there's very little skill difference. You see whether it's in the Olympics, you know, one hundredth of a second. What's right. making the difference in those competitions? Um, it is the mindset that influences people's behavior, which is why that positive, um, and not Pollyanna either, uh, but a positive optimism and a confidence that that individual, regardless of their position, is able to create some level of value uh, and, and to be some kind of competitive advantage for a business, whether they are in sales, customer service, or product design, that makes a huge difference. So the mindset and the way that people approach the business and the way they come to work each day is a significant factor in their success. Yeah, and you found that as a, a part of what happens on the hidden leadership side. I, I found that to be fascinating because ultimately what his work suggested was is that the confident optimist who actually failed the industry standard test outsold by a large margin the pessimist who did pass the test. That, that's a really interesting anecdote. Yeah, and I, a, a big part of that is because you can learn content fast. You can learn job-specific content quickly. Uh, that is simply, as long as you have at least some cognition and some capacity to understand things. But if you don't have the right mindset to working with a client or the right approach to collaborating with a colleague, uh, then no matter how good your skills are, it's not going to matter. Well, you also in the book, Scott, you talk about focusing on results. And I think that one is pretty clear for most people as, as we look at uh, the ability of people to produce results before they step into leadership. But you make a distinction. The fourth of the four things that you talk about is customer purpose. And you mm -hmm. make a real distinction between customer purpose and customer service. What's the difference? So... Um, the distinction here, and it's an important one, is that it's not simply providing uh, the stated need to a customer. There's a context here that is understanding the value that your company brings to customers. So when they come to you, uh, you can really help them specifically to perhaps even identify things that they hadn't considered or help them with unintended consequences. I'll give you a perfect example that I'm betting 90% of the listeners here today have experienced. So have you ever tried to connect electronics, and I'll use your computer system, a computer and a mouse from a different company and a monitor from a different company and a printer from a different company? Add some other peripherals in there. And then one of them doesn't work, right? right. Call the company of the product that's not working, they blame it on the other company call the other company, they blame it on the product that's not working. And it's really hard to resolve your issue, right? Has, have you experienced that sort of thing before? I'm guessing oh, so. Absolutely. So every now and then, you run across somebody who really understands what you're trying to do and doesn't say, well, I just know about this product. But they know about how their product works with other uh, components 
or they, more importantly, understand what you're trying to accomplish and can help you at least troubleshoot that to get it done to be certain. So there's a resource issue in organizations of people who are these kind of integrators that really understand what clients are trying to do and have the relationships across the business to get them that support. So that would be customer purposed, not simply service with a smile or making customers important. All that, look, sometimes I'd sell out for service with a smile. <laughs> um, you know, customer purpose is lofty, but you run into them every now and then. It's when you get these people that are going that extra mile, that are really outcome-oriented and not necessarily just worried about what they sold you or what they're servicing for you, but really making sure that your experience, that customer experience, is a good one. Those are your customer-purposed people. Well, it's an interesting conversation with Scott Edinger. He is the author of The Hidden Leader. And the assertion inside the book is that there are a lot of leaders inside of our organizations that we simply overlook. And, but there are ways to find them, ways to spot them, and ways to use them inside the organization. It is, it is absolutely a fantastic book. As I mentioned, Top 30 Business Book of the Year by Soundview Executive Book Summaries, Washington Post bestseller. I read an awful lot of books on leadership, an awful lot in this industry space. Really highly suggest you go get this one. Scott, fantastic. And I know there's, there's tons more to get to in the book, and we don't have time to do that. But thanks for taking some time to be with us on BizLocker Radio. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. That is great stuff. Scott Edinger, find him online, scottkedinger.com. Follow him on Twitter. We're going to take our second time out. We'll come back on the other side. I'm hoping we will connect with Jen Mueller. She has a website called Talk Sporty to Me. And stay tuned, by the way. Miles Austin will join us in the X's and O's segment, and we'll talk about a product called Banana Tag. Figure that one out. But it's a great product. You're going to love it. Stay with us. I'm Kelly Riggs, BizLocker Radio. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Hi, this is Kelly Riggs, the host of BizLocker Radio. How do you take a company from zero to $100 million in sales revenue in only seven years? Learn how in the brand new book by Mark Roberge, The Sales Acceleration Formula. As the chief revenue officer for HubSpot, Mark Roberge hired, trained, and managed a sales team to create over 12,000 new clients in 70 countries. Now in his brand new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, he shares the art and science of building predictable sales revenue from the ground up. Learn how this MIT-trained engineer put data and technology at the foundation of his sales methodology to grow from zero to $100 million in sales in only seven years. The Sales Acceleration Formula will teach you how to predictably hire and train salespeople and scale your sales revenue. Pre-order the Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge at Amazon.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
Hi, this is Jeff Shore, author of Be Bold and Win the Sale. More great business ideas straight ahead in the business locker room. Hey, welcome back. Biz Locker Radio, I'm Kelly Riggs. Make sure you find us online, bizlockerradio.com. And uh, you can follow me online as well, at Kelly Riggs on Twitter. Great to have you back on board. Episode number 62, fantastic interview with Scott Edinger. Great to have him on board. And we turn our attention now to Jen Mueller. Is, am I saying that right? Is it Mueller? Or, I want to get it right. Yes. You Mueller. got okay. it. You got well, it. I am so excited to have you, and, and let me give people just a little bit of sense of your background. You, you've uh, come up in the world of sports. You've got a fantastic website called Talk Sporty to Me, and you say something on here that's fantastic. Sports conversations belong in the boardroom, they belong at client meetings, and they belong in daily interactions at work. In fact, if you're not using sports conversations to build your business, you're missing out. And that's sort of, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just uh, sexist. I don't know, but that seems unusual uh, from from a female, I, I use tons of sports analogies, and if I get any kind of comment from people, it's usually, you know, I really liked your stuff, but oh, really a lot of sports analogies, and typically that's coming from a female. But you've got the background, Jen. You 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 work with a lot of the major major sports teams in the Northwest. You're from the Seattle area. Give us a sixty second uh, snapshot of what you do. Well, I am on the TV broadcast for the Seattle Mariners. I do their pre- and post-game show. I'm also a producer of their weekly feature show during the season. And I am the radio sideline reporter of the Seattle Seahawks. And I've done that for seven years. I have a Super Bowl ring with them. And I spent 10 years as a high school football official when I was in college and and uh, new into my career, something I don't have as much time for now. But, yeah, I have definitely been a sports fan and lived in the sports world for a long time. Well, if we had time, I'd have you take me through the, your, your call. I know you're not the play-by-play or color commentator, but I'd have you take me through your call that didn't make it on the air of that last play of the Super Bowl. That, yeah. that, had, that had to be disappointing, yeah, I know. not relive that one. How but about? You've probably done it way too much already. Well, tell me about this transition from what you do in the sports world. How did Talk Sporty to Me come to be, and how do you use it? Well, Talk Sported to Me was actually a little bit of an accident. I was asked to speak to a group of women at KPMG in Seattle. That's a large accounting firm. And, you know, these gals were trying to figure out why many of their male colleagues were entertaining clients or potential clients at sporting events, how they were actually turning that into money in the form of new clients when these women had the same education level, the same experience level, the same smarts, but they weren't seen on the same level. So these gals, half of them knew sports but didn't know the best way to engage. The other half just weren't sports fans at all. That's how I got kind of thinking about this whole idea, and I realized that it wasn't just this group. It's not just women. It's everybody in business. And Talk Sporty to me is about leveraging sports fandom, yours and everyone else's around you, because more than half of all Americans are sports fans. If you are not tapping into this, you are missing out. And it's more than just being able to talk about the final score of the game or using a sports metaphor. In my most recent book, I actually outlined business development strategies that you can plan using the hot sports team in town or using the sports season so that you are actually, you know, exploiting, if you will, the passion that fans have. 
Yeah, no question about that. The book is uh, Talk Sporty to Me, Thinking Outside the Box Scores. And it is really interesting. One of the things I love about your site, by the way, go find her website, Talk Sporty to Me. You've introduced a thing called the Two Minute Mentor. It's a video piece in which you talk to people. I I would assume that the vast majority of your clientele is probably women, but that may indeed be wrong. I know that uh, a significant part of that population has got to be men as well. How do they react to you? Do, Do you really build that credibility because of your background in sports? Well, I would say that a lot of the women's development groups seek me out because that is a common trait of women, right, to find a deficiency and to go and seek a solution out to that. But I speak to large groups of men all the time, and what happens is this. There's people who are on the fence as to whether it's real, uh, it's of real use and value to them. Um, lots of folks are entertained by the stories from inside the locker rooms and on the sidelines, but they've never stopped to think about sports in a business context. Like, how do you have a productive sports conversation that actually leads to money and that actually leads to new clients? And so about halfway through the presentations, you start to see the aha moments of, oh, I'm not giving sports fans enough credit or, oh, I'm not even talking about this in a way that builds my relationship with new clients. Um, and so I would say by the end of the presentation, it is very well received. There's some skepticism at the start, but I'm okay being competitive and winning those folks over. <laughs> I can imagine. Jen Mueller is my guest. She's the author of Talk Sporty To Me. You'll find her website there as well and on Twitter at Talk Sporty To Me. Well, in, in, I want you to walk us through a couple of ideas, business development ideas from your perspective. But before we do that, how, how did how did you make the connection? How did you go from a very capable, uh, uh, you know, sideline reporter or a producer of sporting events and those kinds of things? How did you make the transition and see these as opportunities to build business? Was there an aha moment along the way? Well, I, I think just when I had to start thinking about it differently to present to groups. But I will say this: I have never walked into a room and felt uncomfortable or felt out of my league. And that's not because I'm so smart. I'm not so smart. I always know that I have sports as a tool. And while I am a talker by nature, you know, I get thrown into a lot of networking situations or, you know, there's a lot of sponsor events that I need to go to where I'm constantly interacting with high-level CEOs. And I'm interacting with fans who could be as young as three. And I know that I am always in a position to carry on a conversation get to the heart of what matters in that conversation because I have sports. And so I just started to look at it as I do as a sideline reporter. There's some strategy involved to building a conversation. And when I kind of broke down all of those conversations, sports was at the start of it. Sports has been at the start of some of the best opportunities in my career and, you know, in my business. And so this is not just a fluky thing. And I know it's not just me. I mean, you've mentioned it. Sports opens doors for you all the time, and I want people to understand that, and I want them to benefit from something that's so accessible. Well, the interesting thing about it is when you talk about what you do, many times people see what sports analysts do or people on the sideline, and they think, yeah, what a cushy job that has to be. You just have to dress up and look nice and, and ask a couple of inane questions. But I've spent a lot of time in sports media and have done those kinds of things. And the people that do it really well, Jen, I mean, the ability to develop that relationship and ask really insightful questions and not something that makes a coach or an athlete want to throw things at you, there, there's, there's huge talent to that, isn't there? 
There is a trick to that. And what really my job comes down to is good communication skills in some of the highest leverage situations possible. I'm on live TV and live radio when emotions are running high, whether it's a win or a loss. And I've got to get that energy all focused into one place for a good 90 seconds to two minutes. I've got very little time to cut to the chase with the questions that will get the answers that fans want. The rapport has to be there with the coaches and players, regardless of the situation. And there's a lot of psychology in how you build that up and get the best answers. Um, I think to do it really well, you've got to be prepared and have strategies. I think anybody could go out and ask an inane question, but the same strategies I use on the sidelines should be used in business. And that's what I want people to get from this book, is that the same thing that you see all the time applies to how you have business interactions. Oh, fantastic. Well, give us some insight then. Tell us a little bit, maybe some techniques that you use on the sideline or or in an interview situation that you've transitioned into the business world and you've found to be very successful. One of the things I I encourage people to do is speak in 15-second increments. And that might seem like, A, I just misspoke, which I didn't, 15 seconds at a time. And it might seem like it is a random number. It is actually a broadcasting number. And you're probably familiar with this one. But when I was a local sports producer, that was the shortest amount of time that you would have to write a script. And it's three sentences long. And in a broadcast, that's about as much time as I have in between plays. So my dead ball time to sneak in a sideline report is about three sentences long. So you've got to learn to cut to the chase, get to the headline part that you're getting to, and then move on with something else. In business, that works really well because it's bridging communication gaps between men and women. Men tend to want short, information-driven conversations. Women want connections. If you talk in a way somebody wants to hear, they'll respond. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, the funny thing about it is I think about it, sideline reporters like you were doing Twitter long before Twitter was ever invented. You got about 140 characters, right? Three sentences, that sound about right? That's, yeah, that's about right. All of these things coming out with these short attention spans and everybody's redefining the time that you spend online. Yeah, that's actually old TV principles that we've been doing for years. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. Well, the, the other side of that is, is many times when you're trying to make a connection, networking and business development, so many people stumble, Jen, because they spend too much time talking about themselves. And I suspect the ability to ask good questions and really be an, an engaging listener is one of the skills that you take right into the networking arena. It is, as well as using sports as your way to network. You know, so many people want to start with, where are you from or what do you do? I would advocate you stick straight to sports and say, hey, which team do you cheer for? Or did you see the game last night? Now, it does not really matter what the answer is. But keep in mind that since more than half of all Americans are sports fans, there's a pretty good chance that you could do that in a room of people and, you know, what is that? Six out of ten are going to respond favorably to sports. When they do that, they're going to give you more insight as to why they're a Green Bay Packers fan or why I'm a Houston Astros fan, but I live in Seattle. That's going to spawn another part of the conversation that builds rapport. And most importantly in the networking conversation and situation, sports gives you multiple follow-up opportunities. And that's what you need for business relationships. Money doesn't change hands after one conversation. So use the sports season to plan out the email that says congratulations on a big win or good luck on your rivalry game this week or I can't believe that was the last call of the game. 
whatever it is. Sure, absolutely. Well, we're about 60 seconds left, and, and I suspect there are times when you're networking and you do run into that uh, situation. None, none of the people listening to my show are going to have this problem, I would suspect, but occasionally you run into somebody says, you know, sports isn't my thing. How does that impact your approach, and where do you, where do you make the jump off from there? Still was a way to use to get into the conversation. If you didn't watch the game last night, my follow-up question is, oh, well, then what were you busy doing? How'd you spend your weekend? Oh, oh you good. don't spend that much time at a game. You know, what hobbies do you have? Yeah, it's such a great technique. I, I love that. You've always got a common ground to jump into, and if you don't, then you get to find out what their common ground is. There is exactly. a great, te- great technique for networking. Well, she is Jen Mueller, and she is the author of Talk Sporty to Me. Love everything about it. Jen, thank you so much. I'm glad to have you on board, and I know my co-host, he'll be on in the next segment. He's uh, going to be filling me up about you're from Seattle and all the good people are from Seattle and all that, so I, I got that to look forward to. Thanks for joining us on well, Biz Locker Radio. thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Fantastic stuff from Jen Mueller. Hey, we're going to take our final time out, and we'll get Mr. Miles Austin on board. We'll come back talk X's and O's. Yeah, we'll draw up some nice plays. He's got a brand-new productivity tool. It's called, of all things, Banana Tag. You're going to stay with us. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. Hi, this is Kelly Riggs, the host of BizLocker Radio. How do you take a company from zero to $100 million in sales revenue in only seven years? Learn how in the brand new book by Mark Roberge, The Sales Acceleration Formula. As the chief revenue officer for HubSpot, Mark Roberge hired, trained, and managed a sales team to create over 12,000 new clients in 70 countries. Now in his brand new book, The Sales Acceleration Formula, he shares the art and science of building predictable sales revenue from the ground up. Learn how this MIT-trained engineer put data and technology at the foundation of his sales methodology to grow from zero to $100 million in sales in only seven years. The Sales Acceleration Formula will teach you how to predictably hire and train salespeople and scale your sales revenue. Pre-order the Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge at Amazon.com today. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Yes, it is Biz Locker Radio presented by the Business Locker Room. Great to have you on board. A couple of fantastic guests in the show today. Scott Edinger, the author of The Hidden Leader, and also Jen Mueller, whom we just finished up with. Her website, Talk Sporty to Me. you got to go find it. Great book, by the way. We'll shift our gears and do X's and O's with Miles Austin. Thanks for joining us on Periscope. Miles, how are you, sir? 
I'm doing great. Nice to have the Seattle uh, contingent on today. Can I see everybody cool is from Seattle except you? <laughs> I, I mean, you're, you're, you're from Seattle, but you're not cool. I knew that was coming. <laughs> hey, we're, we're going to talk about a brand new product called Banana Tag. I don't know where people get these names, but they are catchy. Tell us about the product. Well, the important part is, is most cool names now come because the .com is available. Yeah. And bananatag.com was available. So I'm not sure what the real reason was, but that always plays a part. But, um, you know, I think th the real issue is I think we all use email. We've talked about in the past tools like BrainShark and others that give us the ability to see what happens if someone opens up your presentation or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. What's nice about Banana Tag, lots of reasons I love it, but one of them is, is it's not it doesn't have anything to do with what you have included in your email. What Banana Tag does, just look at it as a read receipt on steroids for every email that you send out of Gmail or Yahoo Mail or even Outlook. Miles Austin joins us. He, his website is Fill the Funnel by now. I suspect if you're listening, you're probably following him online at Miles Austin. And uh, make sure you subscribe to his blog. And, and I think you've got a, uh, an article out today about Banana Tag. Well, you, you say read receipt. So what it tells me is I send a message to you, for instance. When you open it up, it notifies me that you've opened up my email. Is that how it goes? Yeah. As soon as you send it, now remember that you can, you can select this option on any email you send. So it's not on all of them unless you choose to click that little link. But what it's designed to do is for those people or those emails that are important to you, when you click the track email and then you send that message, when that recipient opens the mail, when they click within it, those things are then sent back to you and right in your inbox or you also have an option um, in one of their um, one of their packages to be able to look at it all online in kind of a, a dashboard of all of your email activity. All right. So how does it work? Is it a plug-in or do I download it as a Chrome extension? Is it a standalone app? How does it work? It's a standalone app. Um, it's an ex executable file. So you download the file and you install it uh, on your computer. And then it installs itself in whichever email package you're using. Uh, as you know, Kelly, I use Outlook still um, primarily for my corporate work at Fill the Funnel. Um, and it installs and it just puts a little icon that says track email right up there in the, the message header where all of your spell check and all those other options are. Sure. Um, and in Gmail, it puts it right down to the bottom. You click on a little blue button that says track email. It does the same thing. All right, so you said email tracking or read receipts on steroids. Clearly, there's going to be a lot of other things that go with it. So I know there's other products, I think, that are somewhat similar, and even read receipts have been around for a long time. What does Banana Tag do differently? Well, the, the key part is, again, like, like a read receipt, um, it's great to know that they've opened it. Now, by the way, that is usually something, personally, I always click no. Don't send a message to let someone know I've opened that email. Right. Uh, there are people I know that have it set automatically for every message they send. To me, that's annoying, right? Um, what's nice is, in this case, they don't know. There's no notification to the person you send it to because it's not meant to be invasive in any way. It just, it's a way for me to know. So as an example, when I send you an email, Kelly, I can tell whether you opened it on a desktop or a mobile phone. I know what time. I know if you clicked on a link within my email, that just is giving me data. It's giving me information 
that I can then use, if I'm paying attention, to better serve you and your needs as we continue our dialogue uh, and our building of our relationship. Well, the interesting thing about it is if you're in sales or marketing or you know, business owner of some kind and you send an email, there's an enormous amount of confidence that goes with the notion that you now know if somebody has opened and read one of your emails. And if you, if you have the data that suggests they're clicking on links and so forth, there's a lot of information that you can use there. There is. And I think, you know, for me anyway, and you know, Kelly, you've gotten to know me pretty well. I love analytics. I like to know that when I really want to understand not just the cause, but the effect of what the implications are of any of the things I do online or in business, I want to be able to go measure it and watch it and try new techniques or new approaches. Um, As an example, maybe I have a link to a video in an email and I'm just not getting people to click. I can see that and maybe then I change it up and make it an audio file or I just embed a photo or I just put a direct link or maybe I have no links and I just put it all in text. I can test each of those approaches over a period of time and find out what my audience, what my prospective and current customers like and seem to prefer by their actions. So I'm no longer guessing or thinking, well, that's the way I do it, so that must be what everyone else wants. Because I've learned over the years that's always a bad guess if I think that my customers or my prospects are just like me. You bet. Well, interestingly enough, you can use it absolutely free, zero dollars, and it'll let you track uh, five emails a day. For, for a whopping $5 a month, you can track 100 different email tags every day, get all the metrics, all the reports, detailed notifications, and there's a whole lot of power behind this. If, if I was a salesperson, uh, Miles, how would you be suggesting I use a tool like this? Well, look, I think the beauty of this is I think these guys are very, first of all, very considerate for giving me that free option, right? And I always encourage people, go try it for free. You're not going to do a lot, but you wouldn't turn it on for every email to start with anyway. Use those five email tags, maybe for five of your key prospecting emails every day, Mm -hmm. or maybe use... Put that in and only use the free service when you're sending a proposal or something that requires maybe a signature or a contract or something along those lines, a proposal, let's say. So sure. you'll get a feel for it and you'll start to understand. Um, what I like about it is even on the free package, you get full metrics, right? You just don't get all the additional reporting and things. And the truth is for five bucks a month, uh, you know what? Uh, I, what I've seen already is when you start using the free version, once you get comfortable with how this thing works and how informative and helpful it can be, you're going to say, wow, I want to do 10, 20, 30, or whatever your day might be, and you're going to bump it up to that $5 plan, and it's very worthwhile. As I, you know, as we talked before, some of these capabilities, actually probably all of them, are available in the high-end products of marketing automation. Sure. Um, you know, if you've got Act On or any of the other, you know, the really quality high-end programs. But as an individual salesperson or an individual person in business um, or even a small business, you're not going to spend the thousands and tens of thousands of dollars for a solution like that. This gives you the ability to simply fine-tune and continue to get better at understanding what your prospects and your customers want. Well, at $5 a month, I mean, it's a tremendous amount of data for you to have access to. Yeah, and, and I love that. We, we live in a world now where if you're not using some of these very simple tools, and frankly, 
inexpensive tools, Miles. I, I think you're behind the curve. I mean, there's just a tremendous amount of data that goes with knowing who's opening what and why and how many links are being clicked and those kinds of things. And if you're not adjusting your marketing messages to that analytic, uh, you're probably missing out. Well, you are. We've talked about on the show on many of the tools. We talked about, you know, websites and uh, social media platforms. All of those, when I'm out looking at those for tools that I'm going to use and recommend to my clients, one of the key bullets always is what's the analytics? What's the reporting? Because it's that information that if I'm serious about my business, that's what I really want to know, right? I want to know, does strategy or technique or tactic A work better than B, but not as good as C, or did I nail it right out of the chute with option A? That's how we get better because we're in a world where it's not black and white anymore. And it's these little differences of tweaking your business approach that make the difference between winners and losers in the marketplace. Yeah, no doubt about it. Folks, this is what the big boys do. It is called bananatag.com. Make sure you find it. Miles is as good as they get, and he uses these kinds of tools on a regular basis. You're going to want to add it uh, to your arsenal as well. Fillthefunnel.com is his website. Follow him on Twitter at Miles Austin. That's going to do it for today's show. Show number 62 in the can. It's called The Hidden Leader because we had Scott Edinger on board, the author of The Hidden Leader. And many thanks to Jen Mueller for her appearance to talk to, about her book and her website, Talk Sporty to Me. Next week, Jeff Marco, CMO lead for Microsoft. That's going to be a great conversation as well. Thanks to Michael Circuit. He's our engineer. Thanks for joining us on Periscope. We'll see you next week here on BizLocker Radio. Thanks for joining the Business Locker Room with your host, Kelly Riggs. Kelly will be back again next week for more business-building content and conversation for your playbook. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of the Business Locker Room. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Play to win.